Welcome to Tales from Long Ago, a podcast brought to you by tutusandfairytales.com, bringing wonder into your home through stories and crafts. Today we're reading a Spanish folktale called The Bird of Truth. Once upon a time there lived a poor fisher who built a hut on the banks of the stream, which, shunning the glare of the sun and the noise of the towns, flowed quietly past trees and under bushes, listening to the songs of the birds overhead. One day, when the fisherman had gone out as usual to cast his nets, he saw borne toward him on the current a cradle of crystal. Slipping his net quickly beneath it, he drew it out and lifted the silk coverlet. Inside, lying on a soft bed of cotton, were two babies, a boy and a girl, who opened their eyes and smiled at him. The man was filled with pity at the sight, and throwing down his lines, he took the cradle and the babies home to his wife. The good woman flung up her hands in despair when she beheld the contents of the cradle. "'Are not eight children enough?' she cried. "'Without bringing us two more, how do you think we can feed them?' "'You would not have had me leave them to die of hunger,' answered he, "'or be swallowed up by the waves of the sea. "'What is enough for eight is enough for ten. The wife said no more, and, in truth, her heart yearned over the little creatures. Somehow or other, food was never lacking in the hut, and the children grew up and were so good and gentle that, in time, their foster parents loved them as well or better than their own, who were quarrelsome and envious. It did not take the orphans long to notice that the boys did not like them and were always playing tricks on them. So they used to go away by themselves, and spend whole hours by the banks of the river. Here they would take out bits of bread that they had saved from their breakfasts and crumble them for the birds. In return, the birds taught them many things, how to get up early in the morning, how to sing, and how to talk their language, which very few people knew. But though the little orphans did their best to avoid quarreling with their foster brothers, it was very difficult always to keep the peace. Matters got worse and worse till, one morning, the eldest boy said to the twins, It is all very well for you to pretend that you have such good manners and are so much better than we, but we have at least a father and mother, while you have only got the river like toads and frogs. The poor children did not answer the insult, but it made them very unhappy, and they told each other in whispers that they could not stay there any longer, but must go into the world and seek their fortunes. So the next day they arose as early as the birds and stole downstairs without anybody hearing them. One window was open, and they crept softly out and ran to the side of the river. Then, feeling as if they had found a friend, they walked along its banks, hoping that, by and by, they should meet someone to take care of them. The whole of that day they went steadily on without seeing a living creature, till, in the evening, weary and footsore, they saw before them a small hut. This raised their spirits for a moment, but the door was shut, and the hut seemed empty, and so great was their disappointment that they almost cried. However, the boy fought down his tears and said cheerfully, Well, at any rate, here is a bench where we can sit down, and when we are rested, we will think of what is best to do next. Then they sat down, and for some time they were too tired even to notice anything. But, by and by, they saw that under the tiles of the roof a number of swallows were sitting, chattering merrily to each other. Of course the swallows had no idea that the children understood their language, 
or they would not have talked so freely. But, as it was, they said whatever came into their heads. Oh, good evening, my fine city madam, remarked a swallow, whose manners were rather rough and countrified, to another who looked particularly distinguished. Oh, happy indeed are the eyes that behold you. Only think of having returned to your long-forgotten country friends after you have lived for years in a palace. I have inherited this nest from my parents, replied the other, and as they left it to me, I shall certainly make it my home. But, she added politely, I hope that you and your family are well. Oh, very well indeed, I'm happy to say. But my poor daughter had a short time ago such bad inflammation in her eyes that she would have gone blind had it not been able to find the magic herb which cured her at once. Oh, and how's the nightingale singing? Does the lark soar as high as ever, and does the linnet dress herself as smartly? But here the country swallow drew herself up. I never talk gossip, she said severely. Our people, who were once so innocent and well-behaved, have been corrupted by the bad examples of men. It is a thousand pities. What? Innocence and good behavior are not to be met with among birds, nor in the country. My dear friend, what are you saying? The truth and nothing more. Imagine when we returned here and met some linnets, who, just as the spring and flowers and the long days had come, were setting out for the north and the cold. Out of pure compassion we tried to persuade them to give up this folly, but they only replied with the utmost insolence. <gasps> How shocking! cried the city swallow. Yes, it was. And worse than that, the crested lark, that was so formerly timid and shy, is now no better than a thief, and steals maize and corn wherever she can find them. Oh, I'm astonished at what you say. Oh, but you'll be more astonished when I tell you that on my arrival here for the summer, I found my nest occupied by a shameless sparrow. This is my nest, I said. Yours, he answered with a rude laugh. Yes, mine. My ancestors were born here, and my sons will be born here also. And at that my husband set upon him and threw him out of the nest, and I am sure nothing of the sort ever happens in a town. Ah, not exactly, perhaps, but I have seen a great deal, if only you knew. Oh, do tell us, do tell us, they cried all, and when they had all settled themselves comfortably, the city swallow began. Ah, you must know that our king fell in love with the youngest daughter of a tailor, who was as good and gentle as she was beautiful. His nobles hoped that he would have chosen a queen from one of their daughters and tried to prevent the marriage, but the king would not listen to them, and it took place. Not many months later a war broke out, and the king rode away at the head of his army, while the queen remained behind, very unhappy at the separation. When peace was made and the king returned, he was told that his wife had two babies in his absence, but both were dead, and that she herself had gone out of her mind and was obliged to be shut up in a tower in the mountains where in time fresh air might cure her. And this was not true? asked the swallows eagerly. Of course not, answered the city lady, with some contempt for their stupidity. The children were alive at that very moment in the gardener's cottage, but at night the chamberlain came down and put them in a cradle of crystal which he carried to the river. For a whole day they floated safely, for though the stream was deep it was very still and the children took no harm. In the morning, so I am told by my friend the kingfisher, they were rescued by a fisherman who lived near the river bank. The children had been lying on the bench, listening lazily to the chatter up to this point. But when they heard the story of the crystal cradle, which their foster mother had always been fond of telling them, they sat upright and looked at each other. 
Oh, how glad I am I learnt the birds' language, said the eyes of one to the eyes of the other. Meanwhile the swallows had spoken again. Oh, that was indeed good fortune, cried they. And when the children are grown up, they can return to their father and set their mother free. It will not be so easy as you think, answered the city swallow, shaking her head. For they will have to prove that they are the king's children, and also that their mother never went mad at all. In fact, it is so difficult that there is only one way of proving it to the king. And what is that? cried all the swallows at once. And how do you know it? I know it, answered the city swallow, because one day when I was passing through the palace garden, I met a cuckoo, who, as I need not tell you, always pretends to be able to see into the future. We began to talk about certain things which were happening in the palace, and of the events of past years. Ah, said he, the only person who can expose the wickedness of the ministers and show the king how wrong he has been is the bird of truth who can speak the language of men. And where can this bird be found? I asked. It is shut up in a castle guarded by a fierce giant who only sleeps one quarter of an hour of the whole twenty-four, replied the cuckoo. And where is this castle? inquired the country swallow, who, like all the rest, and the children most of all, had been listening with deep attention. That is just what I don't know, answered her friend. And all I can tell you is that not far from here is a tower, where dwells an old witch, and it is she who knows the way, and she will only teach it to the person who promises to bring her the water from the fountain of many colors, which she uses for her enchantments. But never will she betray the place where the bird of truth is hidden, for she hates him, and would kill him if she could. Knowing well, however, that this bird cannot die, as he is immortal, she keeps him closely shut up, and guarded by night and day by the birds of bad faith, who seek to gag him so his voice shall not be heard. Oh, is there no one else who can tell the poor boy where to find the bird if he should ever manage to reach the tower? asked the country swallow. No one, replied the city swallow, except an owl who lives the hermit's life in the desert, and he only knows one word of man's speech, and that is cross so that even if the prince did succeed in getting there, he would never understand what the owl said. But, look, the sun is sinking to his nest in the depths of the sea, and I must go to mine. Good night, friends, good night. And we're going to pause the story of the Bird of Truth, but I promise we'll pick it up next week. We believe there is nothing more important than family, and we know that shared experiences are one of the best ways for families to connect. So we invite you to enjoy these and other stories together. We'd also appreciate a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Tales from Long Ago podcast, brought to you by Eric and Marilee McDonald at tutusandfairytales.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll be back again for another story soon.